This is Monstras. My name is Brenda, and this is Monstras. I'm here with my fellow... <laughs> fellow. Every time co-host. you introduce me some like in a different way, and I don't know how to... <laughs> my name's Orquidia. I'm her fellow. <laughs> I forget. <laughs> Every single time I forget, Orquidia. I'm so sorry. <laughs> but today, we actually have a very special treat for our Halloween special for this month. And today we have Albert and Jay from Coffee and Chisme podcast. Say hi, guys. Hey, hey. what's up? We are so excited. Tell us a bit about your podcast. We, you know, in our culture, the Latinx community, cafe, coffee, it's a huge part of it. I always grew up watching my mom and her friends and everyone that I knew drink coffee and chisme at. And, you know, like, a lot of times people think like cheese is bad and negative, but it's like that's therapeutic. Like that's where you get the tea on like what's going on with so and so, what's going on with the neighbor. Like right. you know, you catch up and you're just like, what's up? So that's really like what it boils down to. Jay and I just kind of very, it's very therapeutic for both of us to just kind of catch up and cheese me out and see what's going on in like pop culture and our lives and just kind of like whatever we feel like getting off our plate, our, our chest at that point. So yeah, and we're best friends. I mean, Albert is like my brother. I can't believe it took me so long to meet him. And so like Albert said, it's super therapeutic. I like look forward to it. I feel like we always talked about we should have our own reality TV show. And so I'm excited that we have a podcast where we can just be ourselves. And really, we started it because we wanted people to just hear us, right? And maybe other people could relate. And it's been really cool that people have been able to relate. Yay! Well, we're so happy to have you. We're so glad you reached out because you guys reached out to us. So I was like, heck yeah. Um, (laughs) So let's do it. So I'm really happy to have you on board. And I guess let's get into like what we're going to be talking about today. So Orkidia, you want to introduce like the topic and all that stuff? Yeah. So we thought that we would do like what we did last year, which was a lot of fun. So each of us researched uh, a horror story and we don't know what each other's story is about. So our goal is to terrify each other (laughs) and hopefully we will scare everyone. (laughs) We were hoping to find something that was like a horny ghost story. So mine is a little bit romantic, (laughs) but it was harder to find than I thought it would be. Yeah, I had a really hard time. Like I said, mine isn't as horny. I mean, you can imagine people having sex with the ghosts. I mean, I'm not going to stop you. <laughs> that is a real thing. People have sex with ghosts. I I, I was uh, telling my friends earlier that like Kesha, you know, pop star, she talks a lot about her experience with the ghost, wrote a song about it. And it's and it's it's a term called spectrophilia, which I was like, what? What is this? And she just says one night the ghost was feeling on her leg and <laughs> things got very hot and heavy. And then she had sex. So, wow. As safe long as sex, it's right? Consensual <laughs> too. It was. I think yeah. it was consensual. So that was that's important. Yeah. How does that happen? Like, is that just masturbation then? Like. An extra hand. <laughs> right. <And> also, <laughs> aren't ghosts really cold? Yeah, I think for the most yeah. part, right? Yeah. Like all the ghost shows I see is like, oh, there's a cold spot right here and <laughs> yeah. it's really cold. Maybe some people are into cold. 
Yes. What if you're hot and heavy and like all of a sudden just like this nice breeze of coolness just calms you down and cools your body? Like that's pretty hot. Wow. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I want a cool air penetrating me. Like a caress. Like it just like breezes by you, like gently like caresses you. Ooh, that's true. What was that movie I don't want to be sweaty. Where they, were, where they were like using ice when they were having sex and stuff. Like nine and a half weeks. Something like that. It was a number in there. Wow. Oh. Yeah. Okay. See, I don't know Amazing. if I want ice either, but <laughs> my yeah. burn. Well, I just think it's so like that is so chilly. <laughs> or even like the like you guys were talking about the front the what'd you say? You didn't say fresh air, but I forgot what Cool Wait. breeze. Yeah, the cool breeze. Like, I'm just like, oh. <laughs> yeah. No. The reason I mentioned, like, I hope it's consensual was because in so many horror movies, women are raped by ghosts or demons and things like that. So it's kind of mm. like, that's the image I have yeah. of spectrophilia. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So as long Did as everyone's watch- into it. Scary movie, I think, did like that's the first time I ever saw anything with that. Where, oh god, what's her name? Toy Spell- Spelling, yeah, she like had sex with that ghost and they did it on the wall, they went all over the place and yeah. it was intense. Like, she loved it. <laughs> yeah. I think she was pregnant after that, too. Was so, she? I don't know wow, I, I, I thought so. I need Maybe to not. rewatch that movie. It's so yeah. bad. I've never it's so watched bad. that. How do you explain <laughs> that though? Like, oh, there's. There's actually a really good scene in Doom Patrol season two, I believe, where there's a whole thing about horny ghosts and these ghosts are like having sex everywhere. Like every, I mean, just all over the walls. It's so funny. It's really funny. Huh. And throughout the episode for the rest of the season, you'll see a random horny ghost like just kind of floating around. <laughs> Ectoplasm so everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> just splattered all over the walls. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Imagine the cleanup. Oh, yeah. No, no, thank you. But we wouldn't have to see the cleanup, so it wouldn't be that bad because we could literally be covered in that right now and not know. That's the that is true. Your closet right now just covered in it. Imagine that. And you have no idea. You have no idea. <laughs> Ghosts are Amazing. so scary like that. Like, you really never know, like, what is around you. Yeah. That's, so That's true. true. Well, I wanted to actually have Orquidia then start with her horny story. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds really bad because that sounds like I'm going to share a horny story. And... <laughs> That's what I was waiting for. I'm like, come on, tell us. <laughs> I'm, I'm, too, I'm too much of a prude. I'm too much of a Catholic, old school. <laughs> but I think, like, one of the reasons that I really am excited to work with y'all, like, for me, folklore and legends are chisme, just with a different yeah. name. <laughs> So, like, yeah. that's so true. <laughs> like, oh, that's that's how we share histories. That's how we share stories, and how we keep them alive. Yeah. Just you know that oral tradition. Mm-hmm. No pun intended. Yeah, so- I was like, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so, I see what you did there. Uh, yeah, that was clever. That was very clever. <laughs> she slid in there with that coolness. <laughs> that <laughs> cool breeze. <laughs> cool breeze. That's gotta be my new nickname. <laughs> Uh, but my story is one that i grew up hearing and it's kind of not quite a horny ghost but a romantic ghost so i grew up in in northern mexico in south texas and there was always this story of the girl that went to the dance and ended up dancing with the devil so everyone calls it the dancing with the devil story have any of y'all heard it 
Mm-mm. I have not heard it. No? Okay. I don't so, think so. There's a few places that, that have, like, different versions of it. But the, like I said, like, I heard it in South Texas and stuff like that. So this is, like, the general idea. So there was a young woman who loved going dancing, and she was told by her parents to not go anymore or to not stay out too late, depending on the version of the story. But the idea is she should not go dancing. And of course, she said, hell no, I'm going to go dancing because I love it. And she ends up meeting a mysterious stranger who asks her to dance, and she says yes. And they start dancing, and they start like spinning and spinning and spinning, and the sa- or dust is kicking up. And then when the dust finally settles... The couple disappeared and on the floor, the girl is left and they find her dead. So it turns out that the one she was dancing with was really the devil and the devil took her soul to hell because she went dancing. So that's like the the broad idea of dancing wow. with the devil. Yeah. I don't like it. <laughs> don't like that's it. so scary. <laughs> that's spooky. You, I really like I am the worst Latina in that I'm the only I, I feel like Oh no! I, just, I don't know how to feel about that because the devil's kind of creepy. <laughs> well, he's a good dancer, according to the story. He's a really good dancer, so <laughs> it's the, I guess I could give him that much. It's the hopes that really do it, you know. <laughs> I feel like I've heard the story, but maybe not told the same way. Like the main idea what I, i'm sorry i can't think right now you guys i can't think of the word i'm trying to say but like the concept of it i've heard it but i had not that exact story yeah. so that's really interesting so there's like a lot of variations so i found this this one from the usc digital folklore archive so this one's from california and this is what they wrote uh, so this one takes this one takes place in mexico where the the woman meets is told not to go dancing she goes and then the girl, the young girl is dancing and she looked around and noticed that there was no one there but her and the guy. She realized that they were just dancing alone and by this time it was too, it was too late into the night and everyone had left. She thought it was strange and looked back again and it was just her standing there and the guy was gone. She realized that she was dancing by herself the whole time and she was alone the whole night, frightened. She ran out of the dance because she was so freaked out. When she ran out, there was a black dog who chased her all the way to her house The mom came to the door just as the girl was about to get there and said, where the hell have you been? It's two o'clock in the morning. The girl was screaming, crying that a dog was chasing her. So the mom beat the dog with a broom, scratched it on the eye, and the dog ran away. The next day in the town, there was a weird creepy man. The creepy man had a patch on his eye and was bruised up pretty badly. So that's the California version of Dancing with the Devil. Oh, shit. He's a shapeshifter. Amazing. I Yeah. Right. Oh, wow. So he became a dog? I like how the broom like, defeated him. No, I like the first thing the mom does. is like, what the fuck are you doing out at 2 a.m.? Never mind, there's a dog chasing you. I mean, I feel like that's very typical in our culture. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I was like, yeah. That's what I was about to say. Like, I'm like, that sounds pretty accurate. Yeah. Like, she's I, like, I can totally see my, mo- my mom saying, like, well, that's what you get for being out that late. <laughs> yeah. You know, like. Yeah. She's going to get beat with the broom, too. <laughs> she yeah. had a patch all over her eye, too. <laughs> <laughs> she, she has an eye patch on the other side of her eye. <laughs> that's the other side of the broom. So there's one more variation that oh I God. really, really like. Because this one takes place at a disco. Because it's in the 1970s. And it's also in the Rio Grande Valley. So South Texas. So the young girl decides to go dancing during Semana Santa, so she, which is a big no-no. 
right? Like, why are you going to go dancing during Holy Week? And she goes to this really popular nightclub called Boccaccio and McAllen, which doesn't exist anymore. And Dr. Mark Glazier describes how she meets a handsome stranger and then they dance. They start to go round and round. They start moving up and up until they reach the roof. So they just start levitating as they're spinning. And then he drops her and disappears. And when he disappears, the only thing that's left is the smell of sulfur. And she dies. So, she dies? Yeah. So if you were an asshole. <laughs> At least she got to fly a little bit. <laughs> I'm going to pick you up, give you a nice dance, and drop your ass so you can die. Like, that is so shame. Such a typical man, though. That is that a is typical so man up. just runs out and kills her. Yeah. I'm sorry, guys. I'm all, we have all men that is shitty. Like, that's so telling of us. Like, damn. But a, a dead giveaway. Oh if you go dancing with someone, they smell like sulfur. Walk away. Walk away. So. There was a lesson in that. Yeah. And I mean, it is kind of weird because my mother grew up in like a religious culture where she wasn't allowed to dance. And now she loves dancing. That's how my mom was, too. My mom grew up in Pentecostal. And I mean, my mom will party it up anywhere. Like she yeah, when she got into like her late 20s, early 30s, it was just like, whoop. We're just going to go clubbing. <laughs> we're going to go dancing. I'm like, damn. Straight up. I think after your teens, you're safe mm-hmm. from the devil. Because it seems like he he picks on young women. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Why wouldn't he? Yeah, what is it, an old broad? Like, he's like, no, I want the young one to take her life. Yeah. <laughs> If you're not married by 25, you're an old hag in Latino culture. Yeah. We don't, I don't oh, want yeah. you yeah. at all. Yeah. There's something no. wrong with you. Yep. <laughs> hmm Hilarious. But there is a lesson there. Isn't that like a warning to young women? Like, oh, don't yeah. go dancing De- or something? Like, listen to your elders. Don't go dancing. Definitely don't dance with men you don't know. But, okay, so, yeah, two more things that are really cool about the story. So, according to the website True Horror Stories of Texas, which is a really good website, so there's an early version of this. I wasn't able to find too much on it, but in 1875, Poland, which kind of makes sense to me because a lot of, like, Texan music comes from polka, like traditional Polish music. So there's definitely an exchange when it comes to music between Tejano music and Polish music. So it would make sense that they exchange legends too when it comes to the music. So that was a really like fun little nugget. Yeah. And the Semana Santa thing still blows me away because it's like that is the worst thing you could probably do in Semana Santa besides eat like carne on Fridays. <laughs> like that, you are gonna die. She probably ate carne too. That's how <laughs> she had all the stuff at, at the party. She's gonna dance it off. <laughs> See, now I feel like my family is not super religious or like they're fake religious because. They used every every holiday as an excuse to get drunk and party. So, <laughs> like even Semana yeah. Santa, it was but like they do it as a family. That's the difference. You, oh, you yeah. party with your family. That's safe. Yeah, and if they're married, they're good. They're old. You don't have to worry about your life once you get old. The devil That's doesn't true. want you no more. Not true. Yeah, they're yeah. over twenty five. Oh, I'm trying to see if there's anything else. Oh, last thing. Okay. So this anthropologist, Jose Limon, wrote a book called Dancing with the Devil that's really, really cool. So he interviewed folks from Texas in the late 70s. So when the story kind of was really getting popular, late 70s. And he heard the story, mostly women shared the story. 
So when he asked men about it, they said that the reason women got in trouble was because they danced with the gringo. So the devil looks like a gringo and all women in South Texas want gringos because there's so many Mexicans. So that's what they get for dancing with white men. So <laughs> wow. I love oh, that so that's much. Shady. All these Mexican men are like, that's what she gets. <laughs> She's not happy with us Mexicans. So, yeah. Yeah. Jaylee wow. and I are screwed. I can't wait. <laughs> no, that's what I was about to say. I thought feel like, damn, I can't wait to tell my mom the story. And then she's going to be like, yeah, oh, yeah. Like, we are both. Because <laughs> the whole thing like marrying yeah. outside of your yeah. culture. We are both white adjacent. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's a term I learned. But like, we are dancing with the devil, I guess, too. Yeah. Except we haven't been dropped or levitated. Like, I'm still waiting for that part. <laughs> Maybe that's all the bad stuff that keeps happening and just keep being dropped like down without knowing. Yeah. According to the Mexican men in the late 70s, that's what you get. <laughs> For wanting the green money. Damn it. Well, I mean, they always say like the blue eyed devil, you know? Like, yeah. so, and Brady they come out straight blue eyes too. <laughs> Ooh, y'all are in trouble. Oh, my God. You guys are screwed. Are you sure they don't have hooves you know, for feet? Are you sure? I never tell the shoes or socks, so <laughs> no say. You know what? Brady does that same thing, too. He doesn't like being without socks on. I'm going to have to know or chicken feet. They have hooves or chicken feet. Chicken feet? Oh. I'm okay with hooves. I'm okay with hooves. We ain't doing chicken feet around here. <laughs> Yeah. Or if they use too much that's cologne hilarious. to cover up that sulfur, that's a telltale sign. Jacob uses axe. So. No. <laughs> Bye, guys. I'm going to be dropped soon, I guess, now that I found out. I'm woke. <laughs> I chased my dog. I'm going to have the scratch in my eye, though, this time. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, thank you, Arcadia. That was awesome. That was a good one. So I guess it would be my turn to tell you all my weird tale. So I got this story actually from a very cool book. This is the book I'm showing you guys on the screen, but it's called Legends of Mexico City, and it's by Tomas A. Javier. And it was written in 1910. And so he went around Mexico City and collected some stories. So some of these might be common stories that people have heard before. But this one was an interesting story that I thought was spooky. But you guys tell me how scary you find this. So I wrote down my notes because I injured my hand. So I have all paper notes. (laughs) I couldn't type. So bear with me because sometimes my writing looks like chicken scratch. There once was a priest or a padre named Lecuona, who was also known as Lanchitas. That's a weird nickname. No, <laughs> like not little cute. Bugs. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like little little Lanchitas. So Padre Lanchitas was known as uh, a kind and very loving man who took his duties of serving the community and the poor very seriously. Late one night, he was kind of running in the rain, like it was it was a rainy night very stormy. And Padre Lanchitas, he was trying to get to his friend's house to play a game when he felt a tug on his cloak. And he was like, what? So he turns around and there's this old woman who's like tugging on his coat. And this old woman basically turns to him and says, please, please, Padre, come with me. There is a dying man and he needs you to hear his confession. 
And he's like, well, in his mind, he's like, man, my friend's house is right there. It's just <laughs> right there. Like, I'm almost there. But the old woman, you know, asks him, Padre, you know, are you really going to allow this man to die without a confession? And of course, the Padre, Lanchitas, being the kind person that he is, he was like, okay, I'm going to go with you. So he goes off into the night with this woman and he starts following her right through the streets. They end up reaching this house, this very old house that was built during the Viceroy. So way before even like presidents were installed in Mexico. So this is a very old house. And he noticed right away that this house had no windows, no windows, windowless house. Not a no. good sign in my book. <laughs> so the house only had a great door made for carriages. And it also had a, a door in the middle and another door at the side. So they approach the door in the middle. And so the old woman just pushes the door open. And La Cunita, la, you know, La... la Lanchita. Uh, Lanchita. What is his name again? Lanchitas. 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 I always say La Cunitas, but it's like That's not La Cunitas. La, lanchitas. Name, so Lanchitas. Padre Lanchitas. <laughs> why is it plural why is it like multiple small boats like why why i don't know he's made out of turns out the story ends with him becoming (laughs) tiny boats okay boat central (laughs) it's a twist (laughs) so he they go into this door and to his surprise she kind of just pushes it open and he's like okay so they go inside the first thing that the padre notices once he enters and, and goes through the through the door is the smell. It's this overpowering smell of like mildew. And it's it's ki- the kind of smell that an enclosed space that has been enclosed for a very long time would collect, right? So it's overwhelming. So he takes his handkerchief and he puts it over his nose in order to cover up the smell. So as he took in his surroundings, he noticed that in one corner, there was a candle on a nail in a board. So it was like on a, like on a board. And nothing really else, well else was in this house. Like it was, it was covered in cobwebs. It was only this candle. So in this room, basically, it was the candle, the old woman, woman himself, and that old man lying in the corner too. So there's an old man he notices lying on a mat in the opposite corner of the candle. So... El padre goes up to the candle, grabs it, and walks over to this man who's laying in this corner. And he assumes this is the man that needs to hear his, you know, he has to hear his confession. So this man is covered in this raggedy, dirty blanket. So he grabs the blanket and uncovers the man. And Lanchitas is like (laughs) horrified at what he sees. He's in shock. And he turns to the old woman and he starts yelling, this man is already dead. He cannot confess. He looks like he's been dead for a very long time. <laughs> it's He's like, what is this? And so what he saw was this. The man had a dry and bony head. He had yellow skin that was very drawn, drawn very tight around all his bones. He was very bony. His eyes were shut and and like really deep sunken, almost like... Again, almost like a corpse that's been dead and mummified for a very long time. And he laid on his back with his arms across his chest. So as the padre continued to stare, the old woman spoke up and she says, Padre, 
you know, this man is going to confess. And all of a sudden, the old man sat up and began to recite his confession in this really rusty, ugly voice that sounded like it hadn't been used in a long time. So the padre, of course, had no choice but to listen. So the shriveled up old man, it was later learned, spoke of matters that happened hundreds of years ago. So the shriveled old man basically told him he had done some really terrible things in his life and that he had died in a brawl, unconfessed, and that he had been currently, up until that night, burning in hell. Until that night, he was able to come back and receive a second chance at getting his confession. So the Padre thought this man was crazy. He obviously was in the throes of death. He, had, he was confused. He didn't know what he was doing, right? He didn't know what was going on. And he kept, and, but the old man kept talking about these really horrible things he'd done. But anyways, as soon as, so the, but the Padre went through with it. He finished his absolution. And as soon as he did, there was a sharp crack that came from the shriveled man as he fell back. And the old woman at that time was gone and the candle was snuffed out. So he was plunged into darkness. I mean, that's crazy already. I would have been like, nah, no, thank you. That's yeah. deuces. Screw that. <laughs> <laughs> Screw that. And that's basically what the padre said. He was like, okay, this is weird. I'm leaving. So he walks out. And as he walks out, the door slams behind him. He looks for the old woman because he assumes that she must have walked out and is somewhere down the street, right? She has to be outside. There's no one outside. And the street is eerily quiet and dark. So a little weirded out, he, you know, and he wants to get out of the rain. He actually starts heading towards his friend's house and he finally gets to his friend's house. He comes in. He's like, oh, thank goodness. I'm out of the rain. I'm in a warm place. And he's, he's sweating and covered in water. So he reaches into his pocket for his handkerchief, but it's not there. And so he's like, oh, no, I left it in the damn house. <laughs> oh, no, <laughs> just leave it. Walk yeah, away, dude. That's not worth it. No, no. You can try Sears, sir. But <laughs> But see, this is the thing. You would think that, but it was a very special handkerchief. It was given to him by, I think it was like blessed by a nun. I don't remember. It was like this whole thing. It was a very special handkerchief to him. It had his initials embroidered in it. So he really wanted it back. So he told his friends at, at the house, hey, this happened to me tonight. And I went to this house. I went inside this house. Well, it turned out one of those friends was a notary who was in charge of that house. What a big coincidence, right? He was in charge of that house. And he was like, no, no one's been inside that house in years, in years. So it could not have been that house. But the padre insisted it was that house. It was the windowless house. So the notary was like, all right, whatever. I will take you into that house. I have the key. We'll go inside and, you know, I'll prove you wrong. It wasn't that house. So the next day, the notary and the padre go to the house with no windows. And he starts to unlock the door. The notary does, right? So he puts this rusty key into the door and the door barely budges. Like it barely opens. The rust, the, the lock is so rusted. And that's the... <laughs> and remember, the old woman just pushed the door open. So 
there's already some shady stuff going here. The father's like, okay, what is happening? So they walk in and as soon as they open the door, it creaks open and there's cobwebs everywhere as if no one had walked through this door again, like the notary said, in years. And so as his eyes begin to adjust to the darkness of this house, the priest sees a flash of white in one of the corners and there's his handkerchief. So it was in the same corner that where the old man was, the old shriveled man was lying in. So he had been in there. And so now the father's confused, he's dazed, and he's like questioning everything. Did he really listen to the confession of a dead man? And did this man come to him from hell? Well, years, years later, after the padre lived out his life, the old house with no windows was demolished. And in the walls of this house, they found a dead man's bones. Oh, that's a good and one. That's a good one. But I'm also wondering, like, what happened to this old lady? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, who was she? Who was she? Yeah. Maybe she was the devil and she was like so tired of having this guy in hell. He was boring. (laughs) She was like, (laughs) let me get you out of hell. Maybe. (laughs) Get out. Get out. I'm done with you. We can do it. That is so weird. It's a good story. It's such a good Right. Thank you. It's called the the Calle de Lecuona. So I guess there's a a street possibly in Mexico City that's called Lecuona. And that's why that's kind of where the legend comes from and or vice versa. But yeah, he gave he basically heard the confession of someone who came back from hell, which is crazy. And they just needed that like that that moment to confess, I guess, to move on into wherever the heck he ended up going. But that's (laughs) I know, right? I'm just going to wonder what happened to that lady. (laughs) I think I like Orchidia's theory that it was the devil. And and he was just like, I need this dude out of my hair. Can you just get him out? (laughs) He was so annoying. He was so annoying that even the devil himself couldn't handle it. I would like to meet this man. (laughs) (laughs) Just out of curiosity, like, what? what is this dude? So he... Yeah, it was it's it's a really interesting story and out of all the stories in the in the book there's some stories that aren't scary but this one was pretty creepy mm-hmm. and I'll try to post the illustration that comes with it to social media because the illustration mm-hmm. is phenomenal. It's it's a really interesting uh picture. So yeah, but what do you what do you guys think of of like yeah, it's just it's such a crazy story. I really liked it. I think it's like super interesting that like I do think that it probably was the devil like that old woman was but it's so interesting how like he would kick someone out of hell I guess or like give them a second chance Mm -hmm. maybe so but I really liked it that preacher dude has really good heart because I would have been like hell no (laughs) quite literally hell no (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. yeah like you're over there you can stay there Bye. I also would not have gone back for the handkerchief. <laughs> no. Like, that seems so pointless. Right. But it, it did serve as a very good proof that he had been in that house, mm-hmm. even though it was closed and the door was almost rusted shut. So it was a supernatural encounter that he had. And I don't understand. So one of the things the story did say is that he also spent a lot of the rest of his life trying to be even better be even more kinder and stuff to make up for 
the sin that he possibly might have committed, but I wasn't sure if it was a sin or not. So he, he considered it a sin? Because he heard this. I don't know, because he was an evil man. He was already dead. And so to hear the confession of a person who had already died and gone to hell, I was trying to figure out if that was a sin or not. I don't think that's a sin. I don't see how that would be a sin. Especially if you were tricked. Right. It's not like you did it, like, on purpose. Well, and I mean, and and really, we can, like, look at it like, could a person in hell get saved, I guess, like, and confess their sins? What happens next? Like, do they die in hell or do they go to heaven? Do they go to purgatory? I mean, it sounds like he was kind of in purgatory already. Like Mm -hmm. it was like hell like, but it wasn't necessarily hell because he was able to like reach to our like playing field and communicate with the lady, obviously who we don't even know what this vessel was because she just served a purpose to bring someone to save him to like help him pass on to another life or repass on. I don't know. That's, that's very interesting. I wonder It's really interesting. And there is a different version of the story that's a little horny. You are keeping that from us. I have an orgy. (laughs) (laughs) The old lady, the old man, and the priest. Then I would be able to understand him. Consensual group sex between all of them. Imagine in that that house with no windows, with no air air, flow, that place would smell so bad after an orgy. A dead orgy. Oh. <laughs> that's how that's how like you know they're dead people. Well, it reminds me of the Bad Boys movie, the new one, where he's like, "You fucked a witch with no condom? Would you fuck a witch with no condom? <laughs> Would you fuck a dead lady?" Or... <laughs> so there is a strange version where this man—it's a very confusing version, which is why I didn't I didn't use it, but it's a confusing version where essentially someone does do the exact same thing happens except that when the priest gets to the house it's a woman whose hands are tied behind her back instead of a dead old shriveled man that he finds and he's like wait what the heck what's going on and i guess at one point the priest is like i don't want to deal with this and he leaves and as he's leaving he hears the woman screaming and then when he comes back the next day he comes inside the house again and there's nothing but bones this the bones of this woman and she's just in rags like she had been dead for a long time so it's so it's again it's slightly i mean it's not really horny because it's just like it's, it's just a little bondage like weird you know <laughs> he would like no questions asked save the mummy because he's a man but this girl that's in danger he's like nah it's too much good, for me bro. I'm good, bro. And that, with that story, I could kind of understand, like, the whole thing of being kind after, you know, because that was fucked up, like, to just leave her there and then come back and see if she's okay the next day. But with the dude version, you know, like, I don't know. It's so weird. We should definitely create our own 2020 version and they all just like have a fat ass orgy. Like, and then he, he forgets, he forgets to like throw away the condom. And so he comes back to like get rid of proof because, you know, nobody wants to know that the Lanchitas has sex because he's a priest. And then like he comes in, it's just like a bed of bones and he realizes he had been doing it with bones the whole time. <laughs> Oh, oh my God. that would be that would be like a That sounds like something Clive Barker would make. He's into that weird shit. 
I love it. I think it should be a yeah. story. It should be. What's that guy who does all the cool, like crazy, fucked by ghosts or fucked by the Technicolor like dress <laughs> or something? Call? What is his name? No, it's like the Chuck Chuck something. Chuck <sighs> Norris. That's a very different. Yeah, I Chuck. think Chuck, like Chuck, <laughs> Chuck Norris. Hmm. I'm trying to find it by Googling banged what? by dinosaurs because that's one of his stories. Di- that would be deadly. Brenda, what are you reading? Yeah. <laughs> I want to visit you. Okay, okay. I found it. It's it's by Chuck Tingle. Chuck Tingle. That's his poor name. Um, he's, a, he's an author of primarily gay niche erotica. And one of his books is Helicopter man pounds dinosaur billionaire ass by Chuck what? Tingle. Wow. <laughs> All his books are just insane. Are completely insane. <laughs> I've never heard of him before. Really? Oh my gosh, he's so he almost won an award, but it was it was because of sexist reasons. He almost won an award and but he protested it and and it was this whole thing, but I like oh that my you God. sound so surprised that we <laughs> don't know who Albert this is. is totally I found reading him it in right one now. called Space Raptor Butt Trilogy. <laughs> what happened? Oh my God. I Buttception? <laughs> But section of but within. <laughs> oh my! There's a Donald what Trump you... one. Donald no. Trump with an O oh, instead my. of a U, pounded in the butt by the handsome Russian T Rex, who also peed <laughs> on his butt, but then blackmailed him with the videos of his <laughs> butt being getting peed on. That's a title. That's the title. <laughs> yes. This. this guy clearly self-publishes and says so. He can do whatever he wants. Oh, look, this next year, Scary Stories to Tingle Your Butt, Seven Tales of Gay Terror, Volume 2. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> gosh. Horror and tingling butts? Like, is this, does this go? Like, <laughs> have scary stories to tingle your lesbian butt, too. <laughs> oh, your lesbian butt? <laughs> that is much different than your straight butt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he clearly just, like, Picks a lot of words and drops them into a title like butt tingle horror raptor airplane. <laughs> he has the magnets on the on the fridge, his inspirational <laughs> magnets, and he just moves them around. <laughs> oh, my this goodness. is what one about the scary story says: A mummy race car ro- roars to life, excited to ride after years locked away <laughs> in an ancient tomb. Legend says that the sequel. The squeal of his tires will instantly make any man rock as rocks. If your butt is already tingling as ferociously as ours, then this is the collection for you. Presenting Chuck Tingle's Scary Stories to Tingle Your Butt, Volume 2. A seven-book collection of the most bone-chilling tales to ever harden your bone. Within, (laughs) Within you will find the following masterworks of modern literature. Happy birthday, Frankenstein. Now pound my butt-earned gay by the exist- existential dread that I may actually be a character in a Chuck Tingle book. <laughs> That's so meta. It, just, it's, it goes on. It goes on. <laughs> it's just like capital, 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 big. Yeah. 
Oh my it's, goodness. It's, it's pretty great. It's pretty great. I love it. I love I'm so yeah. glad I took you on it's the trip. I'm journey. just like going <laughs> book after book after book. My butt's going to tingle thanks to you now. Like, and I'm not sure if it's like out of horror or out of like pleasure or I don't know. According to them, horror tingles your butt. So. It could be both. Yeah. It could be both. I like this. <laughs> but I wanted to to end and ask you guys, do you have any it doesn't have to be any horny ghost stories? I don't. I, I I'm really sad because I always <laughs> wish I had a really good ghost story, but the closest to that would be the true Lanchita story. <laughs> <laughs> I see I do but I feel like I just I actually just told it on our podcast uh the episode that's gonna release this week but it's just I mean really it's just like we moved into a house and there was either a spirit there or a ghost there already and it was pissed off that we moved in or it had been with us for a really long time. We always say, we think it's just pura brujeria, you know, like just following us everywhere. But it's hard because when people started moving uh, into our house, like we rent out the basement, those people would live through similar situations that we had gone through. So like my parents split up when we moved to the house and a lot of problems came up. Well, every person that moved in would go through the same damn thing. And so when we left the house, we had those like scented wax candles, you know, from like Bath and Body Works or whatever. And the whole thing lit on fire as we were moving out. Like it's this candle and it's in the glass jar still. And the fire is swirling around in it, like super demonic looking, like almost we kind of were like, damn, is this ghost like celebrating that we're fucking <laughs> leaving? Like, party time. <laughs> yeah. And it was like, I have to, I'm going to post a video on our uh, podcast page because like I said, I just told the story, but it's just like the flames are like just going crazy. And the whole thing was on fire. I was like, oh my God. Y'all need a good limpia or something. Yeah. <laughs> Like sage all yeah. that up your new house because yeah that's some Harry crazy. Potter shit right there. Just like... <laughs> yeah, I don't like it. <laughs> it's so it's so scary. It's so scary. That is so weird. That is so crazy. <laughs> but yeah, I don't I don't have any ghost stories. I don't really believe in ghosts. We like, have okay, had multiple knows. discussions about this. It's very difficult for me to understand someone that doesn't believe in ghosts. <laughs> I second that. <laughs> I'm always like, there's a scientific Why? explanation Why? for everything. No. I don't know what the scientific explanation for <laughs> the candle is, but... See, that's how I am, too. I'm very like, okay, it could be real, and I've experienced it, but at the same time, I'm like, damn it, but there has to be, like, a logical explanation for this, so... But why aren't ghosts logical? Like ghosts, people are alive and we have energy and then we die and that energy goes somewhere and that somewhere is ghosts. Logical. I agree. <laughs> I'm like, I, I'm, I'm, I really try yeah. to be logical first, but I also think that like, there's a lot of unexplained things. Like it just, there's no way that like all these like collective stories that from like centuries and like different parts of the country, like everyone talks about like a ghost apparition type of spirit. And it's like, you're telling me all those people made it up, like, or that there's a logical explanation for everything. Like sometimes there isn't, you know? And like, I kind of was telling, um, Orquidia earlier about like La Llorona, you know, like 
there's so many different accounts of that. And in some research we did for our podcast last year, we found accounts of where she was actually a more of a protective force of children and like was more of a warning to tell people like, hey, vacate this room because something bad's going to happen. And the moment that people did that, the room would collapse. So I don't always, I don't know. I just feel like between all that, there has to be some truth to ghosts and maybe not the way we think, but some form of an apparition or something that like is reaching out to our realm because, you know, even like Dia de los Muertos, like there's that talk about that spirit world and like the connection and the veil being thin during like, you know, Halloween night and on Dia de los Muertos, there's got to be something to it, you know, and I live for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've always wanted to see something creepy. Like I just, <laughs> I want to see all the ghosts. I'm terrified and I would have a heart attack, <laughs> but I want to see them. So, like that would be the happiest moment of my life. And then I could yes, die. Yes, <laughs> me too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm about the ghost. Like, I'm gonna go to like, come and surround me. Like, I just want to be engulfed in ghosts and, like, just like a train ran on me by all of them and, like, then just, like, die, you know? I think they sense our desperation. That's why they're like, no. they're like get away. You're we crazy. Don't want <laughs> I'm always like, go away, ghosts, and they just don't. I'm like over it. I'll tell them to go to your house, Albert. Since you're yeah, so they're like close. you're old as fuck. I'm, I don't want you. I'm like the devil. I want the young, pretty thing. <laughs> oh my god! Well, I'm not having sex with them. So I'm even like willing to do that, and they're not like even like engaging. Like I'm like, come on, I'm putting it out there. Oh my gosh, what would a Tinder for ghosts be called? Ghostly. <laughs> Swipe right on all of them. God. You can possess me. You can possess me. No, thank you. You're kind of weird. (laughs) I'm only looking for ghosts that died between 1850 and 18. Classy gentleman ghosts. Yes, classy gentleman. Sugar daddy ghosts. Yeah. Tell me where you. Tell me where you got buried. Yeah. Yeah, gold. Has to be gold. No, like, real, like, money. Just gold. Yeah. Anyways, I think that's all our episode, you know. That's our episode for today because it's (laughs) – we went through all the horny ghost stuff. Love it. (laughs) That was fun. I had a lot of fun. Thank you so much to Coffee and Cheeseman for, you know, coming in and being guests on our wonderful little, like, podcast and listening to our horror stories. Super appreciate you coming in and listening to our really babusadas, like, crazy babusadas. (laughs) And so if you want to know, if you want to follow us, uh, or reach out to us, feel free to contact us via Twitter. We're on Twitter at Monstras Podcast. We are. We also have a website, Monstras Podcast dot com. We also have an Instagram now. Yes, Yay. yes. I was and like, I friended you guys too, by the way. Yay. Yay! So we are at Monstras Podcast. Also, basically, Google Monstras Podcast, and you'll find <laughs> all of our <laughs> all of our stuff on online. So please, you know. Let us know what you think. Review us. Subscribe to our podcast. Yeah, but we would love to hear from you. So thank you again. And thank you guys, Coffee and Cheese Man, for being here, Jane and Albert. So it was yes, super thank fun. Thank you. It was such a blast. Yes. Thank you for having us.